0: Can you break the generational cycle of alcoholism in the family? Well, this is a story of forgiveness, self-love, compassion, and finding the courage to be the one who breaks the cycle. If you've ever loved an addict, you may have reached an exhausted, painful point where you felt broken and were struggling to just keep it all together. I am Kim Moore, and this is Smiling Again, where in each episode we remind you that you are not alone. Together, one thing at a time, we will take small steps to introduce little changes into your life to help you let go, break free of guilt, and live with self-compassion so that you can feel good on the inside and start smiling again. welcome to another episode of Smiling Again. My name is Kim Moore, your host, and my guest with me today is Oliver Hoyas. Oliver is such an incredible, inspirational artist, and I discovered him through his art. His art caught my eye, which led me to sort of delve a little bit deeper to find out more about who he was. And his story just captured my heart and that's why he's here today to speak with us so welcome oliver
1: thank you so much thank you for having me really excited to be here today and uh, hopefully inspire some people
0: definitely and today's conversation really is all about the family illness of alcoholism and hope and the hope that the generational cycle really can be broken and they say that there are people who can make the choice to end the cycle, to be the one that breaks it. And Oliver, in my eyes, you are one of those people.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: So to help everybody understand the circumstances and in, in your story, um, it was your mother who was an alcoholic and your grandfather who were alcoholics, correct?
1: Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. It started with my grandfather, and I met him only once. So I just heard a lot about him, and of course, from my my grandmother was always talking bad about him, and uh, yeah, alcohol was often a topic. And uh, I know that my mom actually told me that once that she because she also never met him, and she didn't feel so connected to her mother. Which kind of she she felt like she was not wanted. But actually, my grandmother just needed to work a lot because she had no help. And so she was never there. And so my mother grew up with the sister from her mother. And uh, yeah, and then one, one point when she was pretty young, I think around 16, she, she wanted to try alcohol because she wanted to feel close to her father because she, she didn't know him. And that's, that's how it started. That's when, so yeah, it was around 16 when she started drinking. And I think from there on it started and, uh, and was always a problem, was always a topic. And even when I grew up and my brother, they often talked about my mo- mom in a bad way because she drunk, dr- drank and I also saw her being drunk. And so it was not a nice experience. And, um, but yeah, as you said, I, I wanted to break through this pattern because I saw how painful it can be and how it can just destroy a family. So for me, it was very clear. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to break, break free from that. And um, yeah. And then that's how it started for me.
0: Mm -hmm. I know in the conversations that we had, it's very apparent that you loved your mom or that you do love your mom very much and -hmm. that you're also a big brother. Tell us what it's like being a big brother in in a home where there's active alcoholism what was, what was that like for you
1: um yeah I mean it was nice to you know to have a little brother and I was always very protect protective so I was looking after him on the other hand, when my mom was drunk, it was always me that you know went there to my mom for example when she was drinking and crying because you know something happened and it was all around all around the topic of man relationship, you know, so there was also, it was tough to see because my brother was still sleeping. Uh, He, he actually woke up too, when she was drinking, listening to loud music and crying and we both woke up, but I was the big brother. So I stood up, went to her telling her, please, can you put down the music? And then, you know, she's crying and telling me the whole sad story, which then I took on and I started crying. And so it was, it, it yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it was tough as well. And but I really also wanted to protect protect my brother. So I do think he got less off of that experience. But I mean, sometimes we were even together with my mom going somewhere. And so I couldn't fully protect him. Um yeah. But I would also say it made me strong and it made me proud because I always protected him. So I actually liked that role. <laughs>
0: mm. And they do say that the experiences that we have shape us into who we become
1: yeah and exactly.
0: clearly you know your your role as a big brother has shaped you in so many ways and yeah. you you mentioned that you when you were young you went to boarding school could you help people understand sort of like the time frames of how old you were when you went to boarding school and and when you finished because that had quite an impact on your life didn't it
1: yes definitely <clears throat> so Um, we went to boarding school when I was eight and my brother was six and uh, we stayed there till he went a bit earlier out of the boarding school and I stayed till 17 or 16 16 17 yeah and um, yeah there was there was that impacted me a lot because there was a you know this was a long time frame and um, it was funny because the government authorities decided to get us there. And my mom didn't think it's a good idea. She was actually against, you know, she wanted to do her, she was very, to a certain degree, very aware into spirituality. She she was also into uh, not using medicine, like, you know, the normal medicine, but more like uh, natural healing and, and homopathy and all these things. But she she was alone right my father was working so he was never really here and so she she was very tough on herself for that for for letting us go there because she yeah they convinced her but in the end of the day I think it was better because she could just couldn't she really couldn't take care of us and she was she had these problems and so I think in the end of the day it was good I mean it was tough when we were there as kids especially you know, being able to go home again and I can remember being you know very sad and crying every weekend because I needed to go back to the boarding school even though like my home environment was not really healthy it was still my home and my mom so it was for a long time period really tough but at on one point I got used to it I started making friends and I could develop my creativity which I think I probably couldn't have done in, in a normal school in Zurich because later on I went into a normal school in Zurich and yeah it was not so easy for me, so after that, I actually became really grateful that I was there and that I could be be creative because we had like um i think it was once a week we had a creative day where we we could choose different workshops, many many creative things with different materials and like wood we we worked with wood um like many many things so it was it was good and also music was a big part there so yeah today I'm really grateful that I was there.
0: That was a really big part of your your life, and it has really sent your life in a in a different direction and we'll we'll touch on that, but before mm-hmm. we do there's one one thing I remember you mentioning to me was that when you were about seventeen when you came out of boarding school mm-hmm. you um you felt a lot of pain and you started to explore what's the purpose of life you know all mm-hmm. this that I'm going through yeah. and that yeah. that starting to question sent sent you on a bit of a journey, didn't it?
1: Yeah, there was a journey, and it was especially when I came out of the boarding school and I was in Zurich in the big city. I actually wanted to go to Zurich, so they they actually first of all they always said like I'm a I'm I'm crazy, I'm mentally disabled. I mean, they said that behind my back. That was also tough. That was right before I went out of the boarding school uh, because I told um, a career consultant. You know, he showed me what what for jobs I can choose after the school. And I'm like, I look at, I, there were quite a lot, but I looked at them and I, I nothing resonated with me. And then I'm, I I told him I want to become a either like a singer, a dancer, musician, actor, all these things, um, artist. And he was like, you know, looking weird at me. And then he said, you know, it's not really, you know, it, you cannot just do these things and just look at it again and see if you find something. I looked at it again and said, no, I, I nothing resonates with me. And I really, really took time to read through the chops and i told him that's what i want and then he gave up and behind my back he told the house father so the house father was looking after us we had different houses where we w- were living and in the house i was living there was this house father so he was like a father figure and uh, yeah he somehow behind my back i got it, i got to know that from a kid in in the ho- in, in the home i was living that he said i'm mentally disabled so that really that really hurt me. So that made me decide, actually, that I want to go out of the boarding school. I don't want to be longer there anymore, even though they supported me. In the end of the day, they said I can go to an acting school, but I would need to stay three or four years longer in the boarding school. And back then I was 16. So even though that would have been a path I really wanted to go down to, I said no I want to go I want to I want to see the city I want to become independent so I got an apprenticeship and that's when it basically started that's when I went out into the world and because the boarding school was also like it was so small and it was really far away from you know any city even the village was extremely small so it was really kind of a protected space from 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 the outside we also couldn't just go out so Yeah, then I saw the city and that's when I saw like people are really unhappy. They're just like running, they're running around, they're stressed, they don't look happy. And I also wasn't happy to be honest, right? I I had no idea like what is this all about, right? So now I have an apprenticeship, now I need to work for like, three, four years. And I mean, I had a bit of a purpose. I was like, I was really, really shy. So I'm like, okay, that, you know, the apprenticeship as a salesperson. So I was working in a, in a clothing store. I thought this would help me to get up, get over my shyness. So I had a, a purpose why I did that, but I didn't have a bigger purpose. And I was just confused. And that's when I, yeah, I was really asking myself many times, like what's the purpose of all of this? And those are probably because of my past with my mom and everything how i grew up and not really not really having a family um my mom actually told me that i told her once as a kid already that i wanted to die so i I didn't remember i mean yeah i think i do i just remembered as a kid many times having being like helpless and lost and not know you know just not feeling good in this environment but as a kid you cannot do anything right So, yeah, anyways, then back to the city, when I started seeing all of that and asking myself these questions, um, on one point, I went to my father, uh, to Chicago, and my father, I didn't see him much, but when we saw him, usually on holidays, somewhere in Chicago or Italy, that was quite cool, Um, yeah, but I didn't really have a connection to him, because he was never really there, right? um but still it was cool to be in chicago see this city and uh, you know explore a bit and that's when i just had the thought you know what's the purpose of life just it just popped into my mind i'm like why don't i put put it onto youtube and then i put it on youtube and that's when i saw a movie from it was kind of a, yeah it was a documentary but kind of mixed into a movie uh, with the matrix a cortole and all other speakers and there was specifically talking about the power of the now they were talking that we are living in a matrix. And I totally, I, it's, it resonated with me so much and it gave me a lot of hope because there was the, that was for me in the beginning and I was 17, 17. Yeah. And uh, I showed it afterwards to my brother being afraid that he might think I'm crazy, um, but he loved it too. So that's when we bi- basically both started on this journey and Yeah. And that, that, yeah, that's how it started. But then of course it took a a long time until I really found myself. And it was also difficult because oftentimes when you wake up to these things, it can be become actually pretty hard, right? It's like, you know, you know, all these things now, but you don't know what to do and how to get out of it Mm -hmm. and you know how to find your purpose and all of that.
0: I love that. You're 17 years old and you're discovering who Eckhart Tolle is. <laughs> I yeah. found him when I was 50, Oliver. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so I, I and it's it's amazing that you just started searching for answers and searching for for a, a new way to be and 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 then that really did set you off on your healing journey and creativity has been a big part of that journey, hasn't it?
1: Yes, it has. I lost it for a while, and that's also why I felt so much pain when I did the boarding, uh, after the boarding school, when I did the apprenticeship. That's when I, I decided for a sales job, which was had nothing to do with, uh, with creativity. And that's when I kind of forgot about it, and I started trying to fit in to society, trying to fit in to school and my friends, which are they, my friends also had different interests, and uh, yeah, and I remember even in the in in my job, um, that lady asked me. She was also working there, so she was saying, "Are you are you even good at anything?" Just like this, she was like at my face, and I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, and I believed I believed actually, I'm probably not. That's what I thought of, about myself because the creativity was not really valued, at least not there. And everybody said, you you know, you should. You should, this is something you can do as a hobby. You first need to make money, all these things. And I actually can remember myself having all these dreams, but the dreams became kind of smaller and smaller until they went into the background. And then I had suddenly this this dream or wish that I on one point make so much money that I can do these things again, that I can sing, dance and all these things. So it's actually quite sad if you think of, because th- these were the things that I was really good at. And it was my gift and genius and um yeah, and then it also took a while to discover that again. And um yeah, were well, were well, also some painful experiences experiences and moments. Um I broke up the apprenticeship, for example, after two years I realized I don't I don't see any purpose in here, but probably also it helped me to see, you know, having already a certain awareness that this is this is kind of a matrix. It's not it's I don't have to do that, especially if this is not the way I want to go. And so, yeah, after two years, I broke it up and it was actually really good for me because I'm like, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not trying to form myself into what society says you should do and what, because everybody said you should have an apprenticeship, you should finish it. And I see, okay, I see the purpose of finishing things, but I didn't really, I really couldn't see the purpose on finishing this apprenticeship, which I didn't like at all. It made me feel tired. So most of the time I was tired. Because it, there was nothing that gave me energy. And I was so even like worried about myself, you know, what's going on. I'm tired all the time. And yeah, after two years, I said, it's, I'm done. And that's when I already had my first coach. And he was, he was actually a fitness coach and a mental coach. And uh, so I was really into fitness as well. before Actually, before I found back to creativity, I found fitness. And fitness, I think, also helped me because in my, with my mom... I had zero structure, right? Nothing. We were moving all the time, no structure, no no frame. So I guess I sometimes even struggle with that today, still a little bit. But I'm so much better already. So uh, fitness helped me to build discipline and also be proud of myself. And um, yeah, and then after after a while, I started actually with photography. That's when when it came towards. I had all these different part-time jobs and once i was working in burger king and i actually you know I, i'm quite i can be quite positive so you know i had a goal i wanted to make enough money to travel so i actually felt quite quite good there but it was not something i really wanted to support and also was not something i want to do long term and um yeah and then i was traveling and w- while i was traveling in india i realized the last day of the holidays i was getting really really sad And for me, it was clear, it was because I know that I now need to go back to this life that I don't like working in Burger King and all of that, right? So I I had a camera with me and made really good photos also of my brother. So I knew I had a good eye. Again, that's something creative. I was good at it. And I told myself, I'm going to, you know, do something different. I'm going to learn how to become a professional photographer. And I want to build my own business. And then when I came back, I was really committed. And actually with, with a friend, we built a company. Uh, we split up on one point um because we both were, I don't know, maybe you know, very creative people. So yeah, it, it didn't really work. <laughs> and um, that was my first experience, like I was making some money with something creative. And it was much more my thing, but of course, still needed to have part-time jobs. And the moment like one one point I said I quit the I quit the, the job in Burger King. And do this full-time. So photography. And I moved to a different place. Because I thought when I'm there, I have a new beginning. And I can, you know, everything will work well. I can, you know, make lots of money from my photography. In the end of the day, it didn't work out. And it was a really tough time. Because I had no money. Couldn't pay my bills. I was really, really lucky. I would say always the universe supported me. was Always at my back there were like moments when I had no apartment, didn't know where to go to. And then I just randomly met someone on a shooting. He was a real estate agent, uh, made, you know, made some phone calls. And then I had a had an apartment for free. It was empty and I slept on the floor for several months, but I had an apartment. And at one point I realized I have to change. Um, you know, this cannot go further like this. And so basically I went back to my mom. And it was also that then I was already 20, 21. But Going back to my mom, wasn't really proud of that, but I needed to build myself back up. I got a part-time job again, and uh, that's also when I had some experience with my mom, actually sometimes being drunk again, and so that was also tough, you know, mm-hmm. having this experience as a child, and then coming back to my mom, and then seeing her drunk again, and yeah, uh, it was, but somehow, I learned to deal with it in a different way, and that's when I started painting, and painting was for me, like, like I started painting because I, I needed to heal myself. All these, you know, negative doubts about myself and uh, the beliefs about myself. I needed to heal, and and also the trauma and the experiences. And that's when I found art, and that's when I really started coming back alive and finding finding my my purpose. Actually, it was what, what I was always looking for because photography it was nice, but it wasn't really it. And art with art, it all changed. That's when I really. Changed and everything in my life changed too. Yeah.
0: So you you've described this amazing period of exploration and really mm-hmm. trying to discover purpose, happiness, mm-hmm. and to discover you really. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all of this at such a young age because I have children. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and and they're at various stages in their life. The stages that you're describing are really stages where young adults also explore alcohol and drinking mm-hmm. did you explore using alcohol
1: i actually did yes but it was a very very short period uh, because i saw how destructive it is i mean alcohol was for me never a thing where i'm like my mom drinking alone at home right because that that was never in my mind uh, I mean, I did maybe sometimes a few drinks, but never that so much that I was really drunk, right? As my mom sometimes, and I was doing it more with friends. And I had my my phase where I tried some things. But I would say, for many, I saw that some of my friends. I needed to distance myself from one point from all of my friends because they were using drugs, they were drinking, they were they were even some of them were criminals, and I was I I just fell into this environment because of the also because of the school I was in so the the with the apprenticeship I needed to go to the school like twice a week I think and that's where I met all these people and uh, and started hanging out with them and it was really bad um so there was also a kind of a dark period but I I I got out of it because I had I knew there is more and I want more of life I want to create a great life for myself and uh, I wanna, yeah, I wanna find my purpose. You know, all these things. They, they, I was driven for something better. What I needed to do is really on one point, just to distance myself from everyone, because I was already into personal growth and reading Eckhart Tolle and all these things. But you know, th- with them, I couldn't talk about that. So I, I, again, I tried to fit in. I tried to be like them because I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted but yeah on one point i just thought there, it doesn't make any sense i i am here for something different i'm here for you know bigger purpose and yeah i would say that the books i was reading um also the audios i was listening the coaches i had they really helped me because they kept me focused on improving and it was hard because i i didn't come from a from a, a yeah f- family and an and environment where i had built you know a good self-esteem and self-confidence. And I mean, usually when you come out of a good family, then you have a certain base, but I didn't have this base. I was so tough with myself. I just also knew I need to go through these things and just work on myself and improve myself and look for answers and never stop, just keep going. And, and then it, yes, yeah, you know, slowly I met other people that were into that, but it took, it took a while. Now Now my whole, everyone I know, is into personal growth and I have amazing friends and, you know, I do what I love now. I make money with my art. All of these things are a reality now, but back then it took me maybe like four years until I met met maybe one or two people that were into that too. So I was in a certain period, period really alone most of the time, maybe sometimes with my brother too, but yeah.
0: And it's certainly so much easier moving forward when you're surrounded by people who understand and you know that you're not alone that they understand your focus on your personal growth that must make it easier
1: Um, yeah a lot I mean this is so important because again the people I was surrounded with back then they really pulled me down but now in like the, the opposite is now the people I have around me that are all into personal growth that are very positive they live when I'm with them I get excited I'm and mm. they lift me up they give me actually new ideas new inspiration for anything in my life so it's in, it's incredible and also how positive they are they are around me and giving me compliments i mean back then it was more common that you were talking bad about your friends and that was kind of cool and it's like mm. so stupid if you think of but yeah I'm so happy that I realized it at one point and could really cut myself off from these people and that's when I had the period to be alone. So yeah.
0: This this entire uh, journey that you're describing and how you've grown as a person and in the background you have your mom. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering about did has forgiveness played a role in your healing and getting you to where you are today?
1: Forgiveness was very important. Um, there was also a period, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was a period as well where I was listening to to like audio books or it was more like CDs back then. I used CDs and uh, listening to meditations where I'm, I was forgiving my mom. I was forgiving my father and I was crying. It, it was like I experienced everything again. I was really just sitting there for half an hour or maybe even longer and visualizing this exercise forgiving my mom and seeing that she also had pain my mom came from a very difficult childhood as well so seeing that and and embracing that and seeing her as a child how hard she had it and then I, being able to forgive because of that was really healing and um and of course it still i would say it still took time somehow you know we you do an exercise you forgive and but then you go back to real life and it might still be a bit of a challenge. But on one point, I just felt like it's, it's, um, it's gone. You know, like all the resentment, the anger is all gone. I mean, I'm not now saying that she, you know, everything she did was right. But I fully forgi- forgave her, her for what she did because she gave her best. And she also came from a difficult childhood, even harder than me, I would say. So I really can understand. And, um, and we actually have a really good relationship. So me and my mom were always uh, close, and um, but it also helped me to see actually the things she did wrong in a way. First of all, because it also it was part of the understanding process to be able then to forgive her for that too. The thing that I that really helped me because I think my mom started drinking because she never lived who she is. She never expressed herself. She's like super creative, just like me. I got that from her, but she suppressed it and she never lived it. And I think. That's why she went to alcohol, because that's a lot of pain. If you're not living yourself, mm-hmm. if you're not living what you're supposed to do on this earth, you will start to feel pain because there will be something nagging you, telling you, hey, you know, but then when we cannot deal with it, if we don't let ourselves be free or break free, first of all, then we will feel the pain and maybe, you know, get to alcohol or things like this to relieve the pain
0: there was a lot of compassion in what you just said there, Oliver, you know, yeah. being able to hold compassion for someone in, in this case, for your, for your mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Sounds like it's been uh, such a big part of your healing, which I, I, I believe is integral to healing, not just compassion for others, but how about self-compassion for yourself? Cause you've mentioned before that you've really quite hard on yourself at times. Mm. Do you oh, hold yeah. self-compassion?
1: Um as well, yeah. But that was that was even harder for me to have that on myself. Uh that that was that was actually when I remember back, I think that art brought me a bit out of that. Because that's I can remember starting to paint, and then I could it was almost like I was I was there painting, but at the same time I was kind of ob- obser- observing the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so my thoughts were there and my thoughts were really tough. Like saying like, I'm not good enough. This painting is, I I cannot paint. I shouldn't even start all these things. But somehow I could just observe them and let them be without going into the story. Because that's what I did normally. You you know, I have these thoughts and then you're like thinking and then you go into it. and then. But with painting, I started having this distance. And uh, yeah, slowly. I mean, I did also, I worked a lot with self-love. I had mentors, right, that helped me. That also introduced me to self-love. And also that was another period that was kind of together with my art period when I was working with this one mentor and we did all these exercises, you know, like we were doing whole weekends where we were meditating, we did exercises, we did movement, we did so many things. And I think the biggest part was to break free from from the from the box I thought I need to be be in or the person I need to be. Mm-hmm. And just becoming who I really am and and feeling myself more than think about myself. You know, it's like, so the movement, it was not really dancing. It was dancing, but it was more like moving and expressing yourself. This really helped me a lot as well. And it was all, all mixed together. So the meditation period with the movement and the exercises and the teachings I learned from my mentor and the art was kind of all together and helped me a lot. Yeah.
0: That sounds beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here share, sharing this story with us because we've seen. I feel like we've been able to observe your journey through through the story that you shared. And I, mm-hmm. I like to end every episode on gratitude because I believe gratitude is integral to healing and mm-hmm. being able to build that positive mindset with gratitude. Because there's always something to be grateful for. Yeah. What yeah. What is something that you're grateful for, Oliver?
1: Yeah, I'm grateful that I discovered this path so early. And also, I mean, just to say quickly about gratitude, that's also when I was in this dark place uh, where I failed with photography, gratitude brought me out of it. Actually, the same evening when I realized enough is enough, I used gratitude, used it in the morning. And from then on, I used it every day. I was, re- I remember I was like going with the boss, just like I didn't even go anywhere. I just went into the boss, started listening to gratitude for like for, for an hour. And so on to work every day, to work, listening to gratitude and this really changed me. And back then I thought I don't have much to be grateful for. Everything went wrong in my life, blah, blah, blah. But when I started seeing the things I'm grateful for, that's when everything changed and more things that I could be grateful for came into my life. So yeah, I'm very grateful that I discovered these things so early and had all this support from, you know, all these incredible teachers and mentors because, I mean, they are really giving their life to to help us and it helped me immensely. I'm also grateful for my art that I discovered my my talent and genius and that I can live from it now because that's that was a dream, a dream that now came true. true so I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also grateful that I can share my journey with other people and hopefully inspire them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure... Any Anyone who's heard this story, your story and your honesty in sharing it is going to take something away from this. And mm-hmm. I think um, it's really inspiring to hear from someone who, who has been the one to break the cycle in the family. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. So that's everything for this episode for Smiling Again. So I hope that there's just one thing in there. If anyone takes it away, perhaps it's forgiveness, it's gratitude, it's it's compassion, and it's having the courage to explore and discover yourself. And if you Mm. can do that, I'm sure you will be smiling again. This has been Smiling Again, hosted by me, Kim Moore. Let's walk this journey together, one thing at a time, taking small steps, little actions every day which can help you let go and start smiling again don't forget subscribe on your favorite podcast platform including spotify google podcasts and apple podcasts see you next week